Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 76. It is 2018, and the middle of 2018. I've been a little bit slow on the blogs and on the blogcasting um, because I am putting together the end of the year 2017 blog zine and the four albums worth of songs that came out of the podcast last year. So that is, is held me up a bit. I mean, in a way it's like, uh, putting together a book and, um, and not even just in a way it is actually putting together four albums worth of music, um, which is, uh, time consuming. And there's also this kind of funny, steep learning curve, uh, in terms of dealing with digital stuff. Um, so the albums are all covers songs and, um, I've been able to give them to my patrons, uh, via Patreon. I can just do that because I'm not selling them. Um, but it would seem that selling them would be a sensible thing to do. Um, so I've had to figure out how to go about getting, uh, licenses to be able to pay royalties to the songwriters for those songs and then figure out, uh, just how all of that sort of digital distribution works. The last time I made an album was 2001, and there was no dis digital distribution in 2001. I mean, or, no, I don't think it had even started yet. So, uh, or maybe, uh, but it was so far outside of my realm of experience. Like back then, it was like we made a CD, and then we had a CD release party, and then we sold the CD to people. Um, and we made flyers. <laughs> anyway, it's a whole new world. So it's, it's, um, interesting and a bit of a, a bit of a learning curve. So, uh, I'll take any hot tips from those of you who have experience with digital distribution, um, zine distribution, song distribution. We shall see. Anyway, thank you for your patience, podcast listeners. And we're back on the horse now. So the blog I have for you today is nominally about my grandmother, um, my uh, father's mother. Um, Darlene Hicks is her name. Um, and uh, it's not technically only about her, but she was the inspiration for this piece. And uh, the, it is called My Grandmother's Genius. When I called my grandmother on her 90th birthday, she told me a story about her work life that I'd never heard before. She told me about how much she loved her job, how she had to start at 7 a.m., which was hard, but she didn't care because she loved to go to work. That job she loved was working as a cashier at Giant Supermarket. And the story she told me was that one day, her manager came to her line and asked her to come to his office at the end of her shift. She was sure she was in trouble and was so nervous by the time she went to his office that she was crying. He apparently gave her a hug and told her she had nothing to cry about. He just wanted to ask her why all the customers wanted to go to her line. He wanted to know what she was doing right to bring the customers to her. And the answer was that she knew everyone's name and what was going on with them. If someone in the family was sick, she'd ask after them the next time she saw them. 
In short, my grandmother created relationships with everyone she met. She was curious about people, and people responded. I'd be willing to bet that people went out of their way to get their groceries there so that they could check in with Darlene. And her manager noticed. And the giant supermarket corporation noticed. I was at the retirement party that they threw for her, and I remember lots of appreciation for her contributions to the store she worked in. I was a kid at the time, so I don't remember the details, but I understood that a lot of strangers loved my grandmother almost as much as I did. Now I recognize how special that was and is. It is a kind of genius. Now I understand that probably my grandmother is a bit of an anomaly. She is warm and friendly and quick to laugh, and she made people feel at ease even in the fluorescent lighting of an impersonal supermarket. The company did right to honor her. But I also think the company missed an opportunity to grow. I mean, I read a lot of social, social psychology, and I have read so many stories about anomalous behavior that was then analyzed and developed to become a wildly successful large-scale adaptation. I've heard so many stories about how one remarkable person's behavior changed the whole culture of an organization. From where I sit now, I think, as soon as the organization saw how successful my grandmother was, they should have started watching carefully. They should have asked her to teach her peers how to tap into their own social genius. They should have sent every cashier in the country through her line. I mean, can you imagine if every time you went to the supermarket, the cashier, in addition to ringing up your groceries, also asked after your family, made you laugh, brightened your day somehow? You'd skip those automated cashier machines, item not recognized, item not recognized, and go see your favorite cashier. I feel like a lot of companies have understood the wrong part of what people like my grandmother brought to the table. They saw her smile, so they think it's about the smiling. She maybe told her customers to have a nice day, so the suits think it's about telling people to have a nice day. In my local supermarkets, I see the instructions to cashiers taped on their registers that say, smile at the customer, tell them to have a nice day. This categorically does not work. Anyone who is being compelled to smile is not likely to do it. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a cashier smile when there was one of those notes taped to their register. But ask my grandmother why she loved a job that many people, including me, would find tedious, and she says it was because she was curious about people. She genuinely wanted to know the people who came through her line. You can't mandate curiosity. You can't mandate warmth. You can't mandate connection. But my years in arts education have taught me that you can teach it. You just have to value it enough to take the time to cultivate it. I'm not saying you're going to be able to replicate my grandmother entirely. She does have a kind of social genius that is uniquely hers. But imagine a whole flock of people who would learn from her. How much more often would you go to the store? In our digital world, this kind of human interaction becomes rarer and rarer. We buy our groceries on machines. We get everything delivered. But I think a smart business would lean into the possibilities of personal connections would investigate the masters of that skill and watch their business grow instead of recede. There you are. Songs for the struggling artist business advice. <laughs> that's, that's who businesses really want to hear from, y'all, is 
arts, struggling artists. <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, normally here is where I recommend a podcast to you, um, but today I'm actually going to recommend a book instead um, because I mentioned social psychology and and uh, the sort of business social psychology stuff. Um, if that's something that's interesting to you, I would check out the Heath Brothers. Um, if you look up Made to Stick or um, what are the other ones called? I can't remember, but that's the one that's coming to mind at the moment. Um, they generally sort of pull out stories that, that live in this kind of department. So if that's something that's interesting, look for Chip and someone else, Heath, the Heath brothers. I think they're not listed as the Heath brothers on their cover, but I think the Heath brothers will get you there. <laughs> <laughs> and so look for that if that's interesting to you. And um, for this song today, um, it's very, it's kind of, a, 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 this is another sweet story that's connected to my grandmother here. Um, so, you know, I was trying to figure out what song to put here at the end. And for a minute, I was like, well, my grandmother grew up in Winchester, Virginia, and she had some funny stories about Patsy Cline. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll do some Patsy Cline because I already know a bunch of Patsy Cline songs. And then I was like, well, yeah, I'm not sure she was really a fan of Patsy Cline, though. So I asked my dad um, and my uncle if they could tell me some of her favorite songs. And it was interestingly challenging um, to come up with a specific song. Um, and so I was talking about that uh, with a friend and and they recommended to just call my grandmother and ask her what her favorite song songs might be um, and so I did and I'm so glad I did it was a beautiful conversation that we had um, because uh, it was very clear there's one song that she just loves and she could not think of a single other song specifically um, but this is a song that that is incredibly meaningful to her, and um, yeah, so so I'm really glad. You know, I, I got we, she told me some other you know people that she liked and and sort of qual things that she liked, but ultimately, um, this song it's the clear favorite. There's just no question, and uh, so the song is "You Are My Sunshine," and. Uh, and she, it's just she she told me that she 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 it's her favorite song and she says every morning if she doesn't see the sun she asks the sun where are you my sunshine <laughs> don't go away my sunshine and um so i think every day she has a kind of encounter with the song and apparently her mother used to sing it to her it was her mother's favorite song as well um certainly you know my family sang the song to me i had a at a music box bunny that played You Are My Sunshine. So there's a generational kind of passing on of this song. Um, and I imagine it's, it's, that's probably true for a lot of families. Uh, but, but there is something, um, it's, a, it's a song I think that, that sticks around, which is amazing. So um, she said, it, I can't remember exactly the language she used, that she, she loves it because it just brightens your day, she said. <laughs> it just brightens you up. I think she said brightens you up. It brightens you up. Um, and that's something that's important to her, to, to, to be brightened up. Um, and and I, I just, I'm, I really appreciated getting to, to chat with her about that. Um, so uh, what's also interesting about this song is that 
you know, I, it's a song I know. And, and in recent years, I was astonished to discover the uh, verses uh, because the verses are really sad. They're like, this is not a happy song. And yet it brightens you up, right? So it, it, previously it would have been my... I don't know, my instinct or my impulse to just like lean into the sadness of the song because it's not usually how we hear it. But in this case, I just felt like I wanted to sing it and play it the way my grandmother hears it. That is with a a sense of brightening up. (laughs) Um, So this is um, You Are My Sunshine for my grandmother. Who is my sunshine? <laughs> and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. So please don't take my sunshine away. The other night, dear, while I lay sleeping, I dreamed I held you in my arms. When I awoke, dear, I was mistaken, so I hung my head down and cried. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear. How much I love you, so please don't take my sunshine away. I'll always love you and make you happy if you will only say the same. But if you leave me and love another, you'll regret it all someday. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. So please don't take my sunshine away. You told me once, dear, you really love me. And no one else could come between. But now you've left me and love another. You have shattered all of my dreams. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. But please don't take my sunshine away. Please don't.